Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Uh, it is still week 20, and we are here talking about Lucifer Season 4, Episode 2, Somebody's Been Reading Dante's Inferno. Um, and we're, of course, joined again by LaToya Ferguson. Thank you for joining us, as always, LaToya. Ooh. Hello, everyone. I am running on three hours of sleep. Woo! Even better! Yeah! (laughs) That feels right for Lucifer. Like, it it feels good. Like, that energy... Are you going to just accuse everyone of being that guy from Bones that did it now? (laughs) Yes, because you all are. (laughs) Clearly. Um, So, I think we should start with our call-its. So, congratulations. How are we feeling? Great. She's doing uh, a little dance, Allison is, uh, listeners. Well, I mean, most of the time, I feel like when I get a called it, it's it's usually because it was very obvious. And, and this was a little bit obvious, but I feel like the amount of specificity of the called it gets me some bonus points. Because my line reading was actually not that far off. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, I am, however, a little bit bummed that it seems like we've reached the end of Undercover Chloe so quickly. I was hoping they were going to drag that out. But she's terrible at at, at Undercover, right? You she's saw her of, lurking through, like, peeking through it. blinds. Yeah. She's, she's, but she can <laughs> no, run No, she just had up, some schmutz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited that now Noel gets to get in on the prediction game because we're caught up to the parts that he has seen. Yay. So I think it's going to be super fun. And then when we get to season five, I th- figured I should pull the room. Am I allowed to binge it ahead or do I need no. to watch it? Okay. That's what I figured. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you won't be ahead for once. Okay. Nope. You don't get to. That's okay. Then we can all like enjoy that aspect of it together. But Latoya, I think you that will means La- it. Yeah. yeah. La- that'll mean Latoya's in charge. Yeah. yeah Latoya. Latoya's the host charge. now. I think being in charge. People keep putting me in charge of things and I hate it. <laughs> That's what happens when you become a published writer is that you're now in charge of things. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Allison, you're next. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, Scott, uh, Keenan yeah. Hi, says, hi, Tom. We all say hi, Tom. Um, and Scotty wants to know if my parents are watching season four. They are. They are very much back on board. They are enjoying it. Uh, and just like we are singing along with the theme song. We are in the Lucifer headspace. It is. It has been very enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, we, they also enjoyed the digression with a, a very English scandal. Um, I did not watch Murder, She Wrote with them. Um, because I could have watched it the second night, except that I had already watched it the head so then they're like nah that's okay <laughs> um so now that we're all back in viewing as a bunker so um i'm looking forward to their thoughts on the season as well uh let's dive in with with this episode because when i talked about yesterday lauren german getting some stuff to play i was talking about what she got getting the gets in the premiere but i think you know i was also kind of blurring together what she gets here i really like that they're giving her some real stuff to deal with i like that i mean not every part of this episode really works for me but i do think that where she's at you know and the the things that she's trying to make connect in her brain feels very real it really lands and is very effective so um latoya i'm gonna throw it to you first what how did you feel about where chloe is at and this decision that the the writers made for to have her come back a month later sort of in this you know this confused place and also just not sure if you should trust her gut or trust what she has been socialized to believe her entire mm-hmm. life so what what did you think about that Latoya? 
Yeah, I love this direction for Chloe because we like we've known from, you know, moment one, like Chloe is a very pragmatic person. You know, it makes a lot of sense that the first thing she would do after she would see that he's really the devil is go to the Vatican and research as much as humanly possible about it. Um, unfortunately, uh, she meets uh, <laughs> Father Kinley and that kind of warps things. But yeah, it makes sense. And it also makes sense that she would, you know, be hesitant to do uh, the plan on Lucifer. And it also makes sense that uh, she she would try, uh, undercover Chloe is so bad at it. The way she tries to push to to prove that yeah, Lucifer really is this bad. Um, oh, oh, Chloe, I I really do love how bad Chloe is at undercover. It, it will never not be a joy to watch, honestly. Even though in this case it is for nefarious uh, purposes. Even though you know. She, she thinks this is kind of like saving the world the way uh, Father Kinley's selling her. Because in theory, uh, taking down the devil and sending him back to hell is for the good of the world. You know? Uh, it's uh, kind of... Uh, I can understand why Chloe is uh, not doing well right now. Because it's uh, kind of a big thing to shoulder. She's just one person in general. She needs that support group with Dr. Linda. Absolutely. Uh, Noel, how did you feel about that choice? So I kind of agree with Marcus. Marcus says, I feel like you don't need to go to the Vatican to research the devil. Does the Vatican just allow anyone to read the books that only they have? Um, but my thing is Would you is rather also, she bing it? <laughs> well, my thing is the Vatican and the Catholic Church as a whole noted for being very impartial in its research about the devil. <laughs> um, it's just like you're going to get a very skewed perspective on the devil from the Vatican. So I feel like that is, that is, that, that was a weird choice, but it also introduced Trixie to gelato. So it's, it balances out. I feel like, um, I think it's good in like a plot movement type of thing. And like Latoya and Kate, you were both referencing earlier, this expansion of the show and getting into like the mythology of, of it. And like this idea of, it seems weird that no one's aware that the devil is on earth except they are aware and they have been for like a few years now and now we can start digging into that because chloe knows and we can we can start sussing that out um wait until they find out Cain was just walking the earth for thousands of years um so i, I like it and i like watching chloe struggle to be good undercover but also just be terrible at being undercover in this very personalized way as opposed to just this bad at her job sort of way because she's not a trained undercover cop. So I think that everything works well. And like you said, Kate, Lauren German gets so much good stuff to do in this episode in particular. That whole thing with him, with Lucifer cutting his hand on the spilt um, wine glass is just bonkers good. It's real, real good. Um, just that entire scene is great. Just hewing <laughs> up. <laughs> Poison. Yeah, let's just take a moment for that sting of, of, of poison because it was so amazing. It was so delightful <laughs> that it totally sold the she spills the wine. Like, right? Yes. Anything smaller than that, anything less over the top than that, you wouldn't, you couldn't buy it. But when it's, yeah, it's very good. It's very good. So I think that everything, like all this conflicting knowledge of that socialization aspect that we've talked about, plus going to the Vatican, plus her just knowing Lucifer and believing in this concept of Lucifer's always told me the truth. How does that work? But then, but people who tell the truth always lie. And it's just like, 
buddy, you can't trust this guy. You just can't trust Father Kenny because, I mean, look at him. Look at him. Um, <laughs> Are you so, saying he looks like a villain? Because he I'm, does? I'm saying he looks like a villain. He's straight out of central casting villain. Um, so I, I like where this is like getting set up. I do agree that some of this episode, the case of the week is weak. Um, it's very boring. Um, but everything around it in terms of trying to explore, what do I know? What do I not know? Who's lying to me? Do I have immunity from this? Like all of this stuff baked in, I think could have been fleshed out better. But overall, I love all the Chloe stuff in this. Allison, how did you feel about it? Yeah, like you, I responded really, really well to the um, the scene in the apartment, to the the date gone wrong scene. Um, and I love that Lauren German is getting some really interesting stuff to play, especially after season three. Um, it feels like a reward for attempting to make all that nonsense work. Here, here's some big meaty thematic stuff you can dig into. Um, and the poison sting, amazing. Um I also really struggled with the case of the week, but I find that like some of the early days and some of season two, the character stuff and the thematic stuff is interesting enough that I just don't sort of like, I just don't care the fact that the case of the week feels like an afterthought and an excuse to trot out some jokes um, and to parallel some other relationships is just, um, rather inconsequential for me so it was meh and then i don't think that matters which is pretty cool um i just love that they're finally getting into the weeds of some of the thornier messier weirder stuff i just that's really i'm burying the lead i just like that it's weirder there's something about it it just feels more free and open and like gnarly and messy in a way that's very very appealing to me so I I was so excited at the end of the episode to have a bunch of questions and thoughts and to wonder what was going to happen next and um and that's a terrific feeling the thing I wrote in my review about the case of the week is like the issue with it really is that um it's a 2019 story about reality tv that's kind of like off the mark about reality TV, like in the sense that Chloe yeah. wouldn't realize, you know, reality TV is basically, you know, it's staged. It's like, it's not real. So like, it's, it's one, it's, it kind of works in the sense that, you know, you have Chloe making the case all about herself and her thing, you know, the way Lucifer usually does while he's just focused on uh, their date. Uh, but yeah, it, because you kind of have to go back to that whole mentality of not knowing reality TV is not real. And uh, like, yeah, uh, Mark said circa 2003 reality TV awareness. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's um, and that's not even acknowledging the the real stretch and credulity that a piece of camera equipment would just be sitting around with someone's blood on it at an active crime scene for how many days? Like how long? Do, I mean, again, who knows how what time is? But I was like, no, I mean, no. Even the most boneheaded criminal would think, I guess I should probably clean the blood off of that? I mean, he apparently thought he could get a, literally get away with murder because, like, after he gets shot by Chloe and, like, people are coming, like, the security or whatever is coming to take him away. He's like, what? She shot me? He's like, dude, you murdered someone. Like, she's a <laughs> cop who shot you in self-defense. He yeah. apparently just thinks that he is above the law or whatever because I guess he thinks he, like, holds any clout whatsoever because he's been a cameraman on the show for 27 seasons. So you, you threw an axe at her. So, yeah, she shot you. 
Yeah, he yeah. has like he, he had a like a weird like nice guy inflated inflated sense of ego basically going on. Buddy, yeah. if they can fire Tom Bergeron, they can fire you. Twenty seven seasons is nothing. Damn. Keenan says, I found some of uh, Chloe's work at her job to be super weird. Like, we expect Lucifer to go off the rails in the course of an investigation, start randomly telling people they're under arrest, but I didn't buy it as much from Chloe. And I agree, but I think that German sold that better because it, it does feel weird. It doesn't feel right. And that's just another indicator of how off she is. That something is, you know, despite everything's okay everything is clearly not okay and she's really dealing with some stuff so for her to be that out of character and that far from you know like i I like that they didn't try to sell it more i guess because for me so for me it was a positive that it felt weird and didn't sit right um but i can see how that would maybe stand out out to you keenan um we, we should talk about something that Scotty brought up in the chat, which I think is an excellent point. Um, Scotty says, I had uncomfortable flashes as I pondered Chloe's dilemma. She's having the inner conflict that I think a lot of people experience when they are in an abusive or dangerous relationship. Or like when a spouse finds out that their spouse finds out that their partner committed murder or whatever, they know one side of their partner, but they are confronted with an absolutely horrific information, a set of information from an outside party, and they have to question their own judgment and intelligence. It's super painful. And thinking about Chloe's conflict through that lens is very uncomfortable. And I think that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's part of why Father Kinley is like so dangerous and frightening is because, uh, because of that, he kind of uses that kind of mentality to be like, well, just because you see this one side of him doesn't mean it's correct. Even though, like, he's not correct about Lucifer at all. Uh, Lucifer just being places doesn't mean he did anything, obviously. But he does make the good point, you know, just because he didn't pull the trigger doesn't mean, you know, he's not responsible. But, you know, we've had seasons of discussions of, like, you know, the devil made me do it and who's, like, who's actually at fault. But, yeah, I, I can understand uh, feeling uncomfortable. Uh, it, it, it's, it's hard because, you're like, we know Lucifer, obviously. Like, we, like, we know the, like lucifer's character as a quote-unquote person so like we we do know he's like he's not a bad guy he's not he's actually not dangerous but it is that that um the rhetoric she's using it's like well yeah if he were a bad guy and dangerous you don't know this anyway um i i think it's again for you know if people who are like going into this season like as their first season basically too i think maybe a part of it, it is like to make you kind of question you know like is like is he actually bad you know I think it is one of those things. It's like um, an evolution from, you know, the exposition we had in the premiere. Now it's like, well, maybe there is this side to Lucifer that we just don't know. Hmm. Well, and especially coming off of season, I mean, as much as we want to forget it, coming off of season three, she was taken in and was headed into a very abusive, abusive relationship yes. with Kane. So, of course, she wouldn't be trusting her judgment right now. Why should, I mean, she shouldn't be trusting her judgment right now. And so, and I do think that that, Scotty, that is such an excellent point uh, because from an exterior, exterior perspective, it's like, well, he's always nice to me. We've never heard that before about, you know, very high profile abusers. Um, or I've never seen that part of him. It doesn't, mean that it's not true and even the the theology for this show as viewers we know what we're supposed to think but the theology for the show is so underexplored we don't know if if lucifer being or it's angels in general being on earth 
upsets like the I don't know whatever the um the balance the balances or that kind of thing like we don't know maybe it does like you know there's a there's probably a reason Amenadiel was so like vehement about the divine cannot interact with hum- humanity in the first season and even though we like this Amenadiel much better and we'll get there listeners um but that that probably comes from something <laughs> and so it's very possible that he might not personally be doing anything but he's got like an aura of hell that comes with him that impacts people towards destructive choices, you know? Um, so I think that, that the idea that she, um, she needs to really examine this and she ultimately, I think what turns her on this is the, the realization that only she can hurt him and that the priest must have known that and did not tell her and that she was being, very clearly manipulated um, <laughs> by the priest. Uh, I think that's like the, the pivot point. I think if he had told her that, then she might've still gone through with it. I, I agree. Um, and I think it's interesting that the, the thing that seems to be the most damning for her, for, a, for an evidence focused mind is that he points out, that what Lucifer does, and this is true, is he identifies something that's not working and then adjusts. He's also unaccustomed to things not working because he's so charming. Um, but it is seen through a certain lens, pretty emotionally manipulative in a way that feels really bad, right? Most of the time, it's just he's learning to person, right? Like he's learning to human, but seen just slightly from a different perspective that it it is emotional manipulation. And everybody essentially is manipulating each other all of the time when we communicate, right? But, but, there's a sort of heightened in-between space where it's, I don't would never call it an abusive relationship, maybe a little bit codependent, but would never call it an abusive relationship. But um, Lucifer does spend a lot of time and energy trying to provoke specific emotional reactions in Chloe. So that is the thing that's so damning for her, I think, because it's the thing with a little grain of truth in it. And then that's also exactly what he does, right? What Gilf does. Um, I'm never going to call him Father Keegan. I'm really sorry. Um, what <laughs> well, Father Keegan's does. not his name, so. Oh, it's not? What's his name? Kinley. Kinley. Why did I say Keegan? <laughs> anyway, Father Kinley. Whatever, Gilf. Um, it's Gilf. <laughs> it's Gilf. Um, he's also sometimes called, I should mention, the man who invented golf or Gilf Golf. Um so there are a wide range of nicknames. Anyway. Wow. Uh, oh, and one last thing. No, I think what you meant by he just looks like a villain is he looks like a really hot older guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's what he is doing is emotionally manipulating her. So the sort of one, two punch of Chloe being kind of twisted and turned and manipulated by the people around her consciously or unconsciously maliciously or not uh, i think is really potent and that seems to be the source of the very best stuff that german gets to play here yeah (laughs) scotty says he's so good i love his performance so far and keenan says he's got a face and he definitely does he's got like the you know they always say about character actors right that you know that they just have a face and yeah definitely um, okay, well, 
we need to uh, talk about a few things in this episode. So let's go right next, right away, to our very important conversation. Dr. Linda's pregnant. She is with child. What do we think about this decision to... I think no one should tell the Vatican. (laughs) (laughs) No one tell Father Kinley at all. No one tell Gilf about whatever is going on there. Uh, Scotty Scotty says, my jaw hit the floor. And yeah. Um, So I am much, much happier with this decision to write around an actor being pregnant than what they did last time. So. It would have been harder to write or to write Maze being pregnant so early in the show's run. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? If if Maze was going around with a little demon baby. (laughs) And then you have, yeah, then you have to account for a demon baby, um, which I don't think that the show was prepared to deal with at that point. Um, Now they have to do. I know. And now I'm imagining Trixie babysitting, and I'm very here for this. Oh, boy. That little baby would be so jealous of Trixie, uh, if not end well. Yeah, no. (laughs) Maze would love Trixie more than her own child. We all know this. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. It's really, it's really delightful. Um, First, I think we should also acknowledge the, yeah, I've just been putting a lot of turmeric in my smoothies is an excellent callback um, Mm -hmm. to the rock star thing from, like, Years. Really unfortunate episode. Feels so yeah. long ago, um, <laughs> which I I very much enjoyed. But, but yeah, no, everything with her on the phone call, getting from her doctor's office, it's just it's gold. It's just gold. Um, but I also like that it's a cap to everything that Amina Deal goes through in this episode of struggling to find and establish like different emotional connections to humans in his very hello fellow human sort of ways um like <laughs> why would you lean over someone at a coffee house like that just yes. don't do uh, that co-showrunner Ildi Modrovich in her cameo <laughs> why would you do that um wow. but to give him this kind of an emotional connection as well as work through whatever this means for Linda as well I think it's just it's so so well executed in a very like perfectly circular way that I just, I really love it both on like what it means for Linda and how they're going to navigate this for Linda, because I feel like we're going to not get an abortion because this is too rife, rife of an area for narrative stuff for them to just go. Yeah, no, never mind. Um, so I'm really interested in what this means for Linda and what it means for Menadiel. So I'm very, very excited about this. And Rachel Harris is so good in that whole phone call scene. I love it so much. But she's really good in this whole episode. She's just really good in this. That mm-hmm. whole, like, sweatsuit thing and just boxing and just, like, oh, it's so good. Well, and a world-class pratfall. Yeah, no, an amazing. Like, this show does such good pratfalls. It really does. <laughs> Uh, the writer should have said the next episode in response to Amenadiel's question. Good call, Marcus. <laughs> um, I also loved that you know this this person is trying to chat up um, Amenadiel yes. at the bar, and then as her. soon as she's like, "I'm pregnant," beeline away. Yes. <laughs> like a little like, slide she does away. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I like how in the premiere it's like, okay, some of these characters are getting new things. But Dr. Linder's trusty, you know, therapy comedy scenes is like, oh, just wait till the second episode. 
More is coming for Dr. Linda, Dr. Linda. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Okay. Uh, any other parts of the episode that we want to talk about? Um, um, I yeah, really ahead. think it, I think it's really sweet. Uh, although sad for Lucifer that he gives his date with Chloe yes! to Ella and her grandmother. Yes! That's uh, so sweet. And then he like hides it because he's like, he doesn't want to like make Chloe feel bad. Basically. Mm-hmm. It was too really big of sweet. a date anyway. Like that's too yeah. big of a date. That's weird. No, that's too much. <laughs> that's like an anniversary date. That's not a first date. He was trying to figure it out all day. Chloe gave him nothing. <laughs> If you decide to do a thing at the beginning of the day and you're talking to your best bud, which I was, I just loved that scene between uh, Ella and Lucifer. Like it just, it, it was just a delight. Ray Ray thoughts. Yeah, it was just, it was the best. Um, but it, if you say like, hey, I'm going to do this thing on a di- on my date, and the person you're talking to responds with, ooh, like indecent proposal, <laughs> you should probably stop and reconsider, especially if your response is then, no more like, pretty woman! No! Find a different cultural reference! Yeah, Yikes! I, I wrote in my review that I was very worried that Ella like found indecent proposal the height of romance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's sit Lucifer down with like before sunset or something before sunrise and do that instead. Um, though, are you guys familiar with La Traviata, the opera? It's that yeah. they went to see. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the most romantic, though <laughs> tragic, uh, yeah. operas in the canon. It's really it's a very um, popular and uh, famous one. So yeah, it's if you're gonna go with like a splashy romance date kind of thing it's a good choice i like that choice um keenan says i i gotta say though if someone was like i bought you this expensive dress uh the helicopter comes soon i would hate it the thought of someone surprising me with a dress is the most stressful way to start a date i can imagine and yeah yeah because like is this my size if it's not my size I can't wear it or I'm going to feel terrible. I'm going to look terrible. Or if I mean, it is my size, that's creepier. How do you know my size that well? Of course, Lucifer would know her size. And also he could just like get mazed to like break into her closet. Too controlling. Uh, it reminded me of that. There's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend did a really good spin on that joke when um, Nathaniel bought. It was also yeah. a helicopter and also a dress. But when she showed up, she was like, yeah, that dress fit over my leg. And also the <laughs> thing that you called lingerie was just like pieces of lace for a tiny child. Like, I don't understand. None, the shoes didn't fit. None of it worked. So here I am looking hot all by myself. And then the helicopter comes down and they both have to duck. It's the best. Keenan <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, says... Uh, I have an incredibly hard time finding apparel. I would dissolve into mist if a man thought he could do it for me. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, I also really enjoyed that Ella and and Lucifer scene. I thought that was really fun. I liked Ella throughout this. Her being like, I got a lot of time right now. I'm trying to not think about some stuff. So let's watch all of Sur- look, the cabin, but Survivor. Uh, uh, yeah. Her, Very her poor turtle. Yeah. <laughs> also didn't yeah. get along with Margaret. <laughs> I, I liked that, that she, like she can see Chloe's deal with it, so she's like, uh, we're taking this egg away from you. I don't, I can't trust you with this egg." <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, poor Mona. So, uh, so crazy ex girlfriend says, "Hey, poor Mona," as the poor girl who thought she killed her lover. Yeah, it was like, well, she, she did it, or and then she didn't. It was mislead. I was like, I recognize that actor. She did it. Um, she still like, oh. committed arson though. <laughs> Yeah, she had some issues. That was a pretty spectacular. I think they sold that big, the fire and everything. That was uh, pretty, doing another explosion well after he's almost walked out so that the, the jacket blows up behind him. It's just like, 
Yep. You guys got a little bit of Netflix money now. We can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix money uh, also paid for a time else to go to the gym because he is jacked. Oh, this that is definitely another part of the episode that we have to talk about. Holy shit. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's like he spent a season working with Tom Welling and was like, whatever, I could do that. <laughs> and then, and then just it. like, whoo, huge arms. I mean... He's always been a handsome man, but good gravy. And I don't feel bad <laughs> reacting this way because they wanted me to. Totally unnecessary shirtless scene. He was he was literally oh. choosing between two shirts that were the exact same color they were for the express colors. purpose. They were slightly different ads. shades. They are not done revealing his body this season, I will just say. But yeah. we've already we've already seen his butt. And we've already seen full frontal. I mean, I'm kidding. Yeah, no way. No, if no, Netflix no. isn't, if Lucifer Netflix isn't saying fuck, then it's definitely not. What if it eases yeah, its way into saying fuck, which is a dick shot? <laughs> and then somebody goes, "Oh fuck!" And that's how. Okay. Then the theme song hits. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh man. Um, there. If you, for those who are curious, there are YouTube videos like with uh, with him uh, with men's fitness or something. Doing yeah, he did a, a men's health spread. Yeah. Yeah, kind of thing. For for um, here's here's what my workout regimen is and that kind of stuff. So you can go check that out if you are curious. Um, uh, we also got to talk. Yeah. Uh, Dan's giving up improv, you guys. Yeah. See, we know Dan's in a dark place yeah. because yeah. that's the relationship we should be most concerned with. It's Dan and improv and. Yeah. yeah, I'm really sad. I for thought Dan, you were going to say Scotty. Dan and the Metadeal, but you are correct. It's Dan and Improv. I, I, I do love Dan and Metadeal's friendship. Uh, and for Metadeal, he's like, okay, we could go to a sporting event. But like Dan again is pouring like himself into his work. So he's like working overtime again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really worried for him. I'm very worried not, as well. But it's not gonna be you good. know what's nice? And um, one of you referenced this yesterday. And I didn't realize what you were talking about until this episode of... They're not in a basement anymore in the police station. They have windows that look outside now. And I'm very <laughs> excited for them. Like, there are, like, actual windows all around them now, as opposed to, why are they in a bunker? <laughs> Netflix money. Netflix, Netflix money. money. Yeah, no, I was very excited when I finally, like, picked up on that in this episode. I just went, they have a view now. I mean, it's not a view, but there are windows where there were not windows last season. <laughs> So watch out for those flashback episodes. If I don't remember if there are any, but you oh, know, we're going to be clocking. Not again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Do we have any final thoughts uh, on someone's been reading Dante's Inferno? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we praised like Lauren German's uh, performance like earlier at like, the top of the podcast. And uh, I was just kind of thinking, I know I keep blaming Fox for a lot of things uh, because it's so easy, honestly. But one thing, because uh, I... I kind of noted this while I was watching the screeners for like the new season. I kind of think that um, Fox wanted it to be like, so you have Lucifer, he is the lead and then kind of Chloe's kind of like a secondary character. And I think it's, it's, of course, of course in like season three that like blows up. Um, I really think that with the move to Netflix, they make it more of a two hander. I think they always kind of wanted it to be. And that with that, Lauren gets a lot of really great work to 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 play with uh, as Chloe. Because yeah, there there's something in season five that makes me think, oh yeah, Fox was fucking uh, mm-hmm. around on on that front too. Yeah, um, Scotty says Rachel Harris's delivery of "This is Jin" uh, delighted me. It was very good. <laughs> that, I also that's love- my reaction to Jin as well. <laughs> but Aww. I say this: this is Jin. 
as a person. That's also what I say. This is gin. Oh, very good. Um, but yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, Latoya, and it's it does feel more even handed. The like Netflix is very okay with that. Um, versus like like if, when you think of the promotional images for Lucifer, it is always just him on Fox until season four. Until season four, and yeah. then it changes, and we'll talk more about that next episode or the one after that um let me see any other oh do we want to talk about the cliffhanger ending uh yeah father kidley's bitch ass uh stirring shit up i wasn't happy about it uh, at the time still not happy about it his bitch ass villain looking ass doing this that's for you allison (laughs) also again if he has netflix money he has money to get like a lock on that elevator or something (laughs) (laughs) Get I like mean, a retinal scan. Or... He clearly has kind of an open door policy. Yeah. yeah. No, he, no, he does. He doesn't I know. think he's in danger, even though if Chloe's nearby, he's always in danger. I mean, at this point, Linda and Maze are just hanging out there without him on yeah. the regular. So, like, it's just, he's just got, he's like that house in college. Yeah. Where everybody just goes all the time, even though they live other places. He's oh, yeah. that house. <laughs> he's the party house. He is. Marcus says he gave a thief millions in gold. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> He, he really he gave is a generous man. Some of that Netflix money is what he gave him. Yeah. He did. It was definitely Netflix money. I've always they had written on it Netflix money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carved, chiseled in the bricks. Um, well, our next episode, which we will talk about on Monday, is season four, episode three, O Ye of Little Faith Father. So, Noel and Allison, any predictions? Well, Coleman Domingo can't come back, which is disappointing. Um, yeah. to slap up, um, slap, um, Gilf upside the head, um, which <laughs> I think should happen. Um, I'm going to get on, started on that fanfic as soon as we get off this call. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously like a line that Lucifer is going to deliver here, um, to McTavish's character. Um, so that's it. Um, but I also think maybe... I'm going to go like, I'm going to, I'm going to pull an Allison and see if Allison can outdo me is that Lucifer just completely corrupts McTavish, just completely corrupts (laughs) him in this episode, takes him out boozing, just does the whole nine in Los Angeles. He's his wingman. Yeah. Wingman's him real hard. They get a party bus. It's the same party bus from the bachelorette party. (laughs) Um, And they just go whole hog. And he's just like, yeah, no, I was all wrong, man. I was all wrong about the devil and just renounces everything and chloe has to be the chloe becomes the slayer in this season becomes <laughs> the bad guy and that's where that's uh, where it gets set you up. said a whole hog is he like in a motorcycle jacket by the end yeah, he's like absolutely. ready to go he, he yeah. gets kane's motorcycle that's what happens uh, okay good times Does okay he get his glass house full of rocks yes. yeah <laughs> oh allison how about you um I'm wondering if maybe it puts Lucifer in a position of kind of having to lie uh, because he will want to figure out whether or not, like, obviously McTavish is there to, to drop some knowledge, right? So Lucifer will need to figure out whether or not he's telling the truth and Chloe was actually going to betray him. He will then retroactively go, <laughs> and I was playing poison. Um, and we'll be in on the joke like the rest of us, which I think would be really good. Um, and other than that, 
I want to guess that Amenadiel is going to go home and watch a million videos on surprise proposals and then stage like a 2012 era flash mob for Linda, who will then go, no. <laughs> No. That's so much better um, than mine. What if Linda's really into flash mobs? But let's just talk about, let, we could talk no. about co-parenting and like, m- maybe we could, maybe we could get back together, but this is a flash mob? This is a flash mob? Did you flash mob me? This no. Is a deal you're supposed to talk to the person you're with about marriage before you just, like, I'm sorry, are those video cameras? What is happening? What's inside that cake? <laughs> Was this is <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely maze. Maze popping out of the cake. It's See, definitely maze. So yeah, this is what happens in the next episode. You're completely right, Allison. Great, great. Yeah. Can't wait. Flash mob. Caldwell. Yeah. And, and it's and the line is, oh ye of little faith, father, because Gilf is like, you know, those flash mobs never work. And then Amenadiel is like, oh, ye of little faith, father. Yeah. Or or you know what? This line may actually it's be directed at Amenadiel because he's now a father. Oh, mind blown. Yeah. Also a possibility. <laughs> oh, it's a double-edged sword now. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like being in this position. Can we go back? Can we just skip to Korra so I know what's going to happen? <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, these are entertaining and very interesting uh, like predictions, thoughts, and we will see how it all turns out in the next episode. So thank you to Marcus and Keenan and Scotty for hanging out with us today in the Zoom. Thank you to everybody listening at home. Thank you to Latoya for joining us again, and we'll be back next week. Bye! Bye-bye. Bye! Bye! Bye!